Hello and welcome to the Inspired Podcast, the podcast series where we create educational and impactful content, where we take a deep dive into the work and contributions of the world's best thinkers. My aim is to build an online community of young African brothers and sisters who want to shake things up. This podcast is all about inspiring you to become the best version of yourself, providing you with the tools and knowledge on how to get there. Over here, we believe in the power of community, living life filled with purpose and being led by curiosity. So please feel free to get involved in the conversations by following me on my socials in the show notes. My name is Anita Jaha and this is Inspired. Enjoy. It seems that human nature is such that we balk at changing until things get really bad and we're so uncomfortable that we can no longer go on with business as usual. We wait for crisis, trauma, loss, disease and tragedy before we get down to look at at who we are, what we are doing, how we are living, what we are feeling and what we believe or know in order to embrace true change. My message is, why wait? We can learn and change in a state of pain and suffering, or we can evolve in a state of joy and inspiration. Most embrace the former. To go with the latter, we just have to make up our minds that change will probably entail a bit of discomfort, some inconvenience, and a break from a predictable routine and a period of not knowing. That, my friends, is a passage from one of my favorite books by Dr. Joe Dispenza, Breaking the Habit of Being Yourself. And I thought that it would be the perfect way to start today's episode. You see, I am of the opinion that you can transform your life to be whatever you want to be. I am of the opinion that you can rewire your brain circuitry by just understanding the basic mechanics of how your brain works and functions. Now, I'm not saying that you need to learn all there is to know about your brain and you'll live happily ever after, or you need to know all there is to know about your brain and all of your heart's desires will be fulfilled. What I am saying is that by taking the time to understand where you currently are, is the most important thing when trying to change and when trying to move forward for the better. Now let's get into the meat and bones of today's episode. I've noticed that when we talk about self-development, when we talk about um, journeying towards self-awareness, self-mastery, trying to improve ourselves for the better, we tend to focus our attention on more of the tangible stuff and more of the physical stuff. So that is... Are we working out? Are we training properly? Are we eating right? Are we sleeping well? And all of these things are all good and well, but rarely do we shift the focus and shine the light on our mental performance. Rarely do we investigate whether or not As the top athlete coach Justin Suya put it perfectly, this is one of my favorite, favorite quotes. He says that, you can't really train your body without training your mind. A strong body cannot make a strong mind, but a strong mind can make a strong body. And I couldn't agree with it more. So mental performance, what is mental performance? There's a lot of buzzwords floating around and a lot of definitions floating around. But when I Googled it, 
it stated that mental performance refers to the internal conscious and subconscious activities that impacts an athlete's external actions. Although I agree with this definition, I think a much more simpler and rather a, a less convoluted way to put it is that mental performance is the activation of mental skills to achieve a task. Now you might be asking yourself, well, what are mental skills? From my humble opinion, I think having mental skills is having the ability to zoom in and zoom out to gain a better perspective within a situation that you find yourself in. Mental performance is the ability to deploy gratitude in the most difficult situations. It is the ability to be aware of your thoughts instead of being consumed by it. So the ability to talk to yourself instead of blindly listening to yourself. I feel like as humans, we're constantly getting we're constantly getting inputs from our own thoughts, from other people's thoughts, from what we think other people are thinking, what we think other people are thinking about us. And because those thoughts are nine times out of ten very emotionally charged with negative emotions, might I add, we tend to believe them as truth. And we don't investigate them for what they are that voice in your head it's just the voice in your head you don't have to believe it as humans we rarely stop and debate our thoughts because our thoughts are so emotionally charged we immediately have that thought immediately after that the emotion pops up whether it's anger whether it's rage whether it's sadness loneliness frustration that sometimes it just feels like it's too late for my it's too late to stop yourself from falling into that overthinking loop i think that when you take a look and, and and sort of shine the light on your mental performance you bring an awareness to the surface you, you remove yourself from your own thoughts you debate with them you look at them for what they are so if you have a negative thoughts popping into your head it's telling you that you're not worthy you're not good enough you you're not smart enough you're incapable of, of achieving whatever goal that you want to achieve you're able to say hold on i don't believe that I don't agree. Look at all of my accomplishments, what I've accomplished thus far in my life. I've done well for myself, so I don't believe that. I think when we talk about mental performance, a lot of people will automatically assume or jump to your intellectual abilities, your cognitive abilities. Are you smart? Are you clever? What did you study in school? But really, do we think of mental performance and soft skills? Like I said, there's deploying gratitude in a very difficult situation. There's a model that I recently came across while I was researching what I should talk about in this week's in-store. It's called the Thought Performance Interaction Model. It goes as follows. Your thoughts influences your emotions. Your emotions influences your physiology and your physiology influences your performance. And it loops back again. It starts by thoughts, emotions, physiology and performance. This model is greatly understood by sports coaches. So whenever, for example, whenever a player is not feeling well, whenever a player is underperforming, a player is not bringing the A game, the coach will go, where's your mind at? Where's your head at? You're not focused because they understand that although the performance is what's lacking, they understand that it all starts in the brain. It all starts in your head. So how do you change? Well, we now know that the biggest barrier to ourselves are our thoughts. 
we now know that our thoughts influences our emotions, our emotion influence our physiology and our physiology influences our performance. But how do I move for where I am right now? Number one, I think that change has to be intentional. You need to be intentional about your change. I think when most of us finally take that decision that, okay, I'm going to quit alcohol, whatever the case may be, I am going to change. Most of us just commit to that decision, that very first decision. And that's not, that's not entirely a bad thing, in my opinion, but it's not where it ends too. When you commit to something, when you commit to change, you also commit to what comes after. So if I'm changing and I'm trying to achieve that goal and I'm trying to buy a car and I'm trying to quit alcohol, I'm trying to quit smoking, I also commit to that discipline will have to come after. But that's not going to come easy, of course. Because what you do when you when you have conditioned your body to perform a certain way, once you try and alter that, it's quite hard because you've taught your body something and now you, you're trying to fight against that. Also, how one changes is being present and being grounded. I don't think that there's ever an instance where a person would be able to fight their own demons or fight their own habits to make way for new ones if you're not present. You have to be present enough to say that, oh, okay, the thought I just had, it makes me angry. And although it's something that had happened years ago, or months ago, it's something worth investigating because now it's leading me towards substance abuse. So you have to be present enough to pull yourself out of that moment and see it for what it is and choose to be in control of your body and not the other way around. So what is neuroplasticity? It is where the brain changes itself. The word neuro is a Greek word that means nervous system. And the nervous system consists of the brain, the spinal cord and the nerves that send and receive information from the brain. The word plasticity is also derived from a Greek word plastos, which quite literally translates to moldable. Now, when I was doing my research, I discovered that the term was introduced by an Italian psychiatrist in 1906. The term was used to describe how brain, how the brain can change throughout one's life. So, for example, how someone can recover from a brain injury due to a an accident or something like that. I think it's also worth mentioning that there was even an earlier experiment conducted by a Russian psychologist dating back to 1904. And in this experiment, Pavlov was able to successfully rewire the brains of his dogs to salivate at the ringing of the bell. He did this by repetitively ringing a bell every time the food was ready. In fact, you yourself have experienced neuroplasticity and you probably experience neuroplasticity every single single day. Let me make an example. Let's say that you were in grade two, right? And you were taught basic mathematical, wait, wait, that doesn't sound right. I don't think grade twos are learning how to, are learning multiplication and stuff. So let's say that you were in grade four and you were taught mathematical concepts such as addition, subtraction, multiplication, and division, right? Your teacher would have made flashcards. I know, I know that my primary school, we had flashcards. Your teacher would have made flashcards for you to practice with at home. On one side of the flashcards would be the sum. So one plus one, two plus two, um, three times three, four divided by two, and so on. And on the other side of the flashcard would have been the answer, right? And you probably would have practiced that deck over and over and over again until you were able to recall the answer as soon as you saw the, the sum. So 
what am I trying to say? My point is, you can learn just about anything that you want to learn. Anything. Regardless of how smart that you think that you are. With enough repetition and intensity, you can learn just about everything that you put your mind to. Just because you were told that you're not good enough doesn't mean that you cannot go on and do big things. As, as, as long as you have a functioning brain, you can learn just about anything. I don't care how old you are. And remember that the brain is the only organ that can change itself in size. So take care of it so that it can take care of you. I hope that you have enjoyed today's episode. That's all I have for you today. Thank you, thank you, thank you. If you have reached the end of today's episode, please give a thumbs up. Please follow me on my socials or follow the podcast. Thank you so much.